the Park to Park podcast, where we compare theme park offerings from coast to coast. We don't always see eye to eye, but we'll try. I'm your host, CJ, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Allie. Allie, how are you doing tonight? Hey, CJ, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. How are you? You know, I got my cheesecake over here, so life is pretty good. Lucky you. I had some Girl Scout cookies. What kind? uh, The s'mores kind. Oh, I don't think I've had those, actually. They're really good. So they're, they're graham cracker with a very thin layer of marshmallow all around and then covered in chocolate. I'm really going to have to try those. And you must have hoarded them for like eight months. Yes, I have. <laughs> I was going to say they don't usually sell until February. So something's going on there. Yeah, the, the package was unopened until tonight and I opened them. I had some cookies and I put them in the fridge. Nice. Nice. That's the way to do it. <laughs> Well, let's get into what we're talking about today. Thanks for joining us. Um, Today, we're just kind of going to introduce what the podcast is about and talk about our background a little bit and give a preview of what to expect with this podcast and this season. Um, So that being said, let's get into it. Let's talk about our background going to the Disney theme parks. You want to start? Sure. Um, Well, I'm Allie. Um, I was a Disneyland annual pass holder for most of my childhood. There were a few dark years where we didn't have passes, but we don't (laughs) talk about those. Yeah, we don't don't talk about those years. Um, And then my teenage years to my early 20s, pretty much until I got married, I was an annual pass holder um, for Disneyland. And I have been to Disney World four times in my life. Uh, Once was in 2000, I was somewhere in the range of eight years old and all of my memories are faulty, which I realized (laughs) on my next visit to Disney World in 2016 when I said, this is nothing like I remember. (laughs) It's funny how like going back as an an adult, you realize like, wow, my memory has been warped over time. (laughs) Yeah, for whatever reason, I thought Epcot was mostly indoors. Really? I don't know. Yeah, I I have no <laughs> idea what I was actually remembering. I it I feel like it might have been. Did we go to Disney Quest? Because I feel yes, like that's that's probably my brain said that was Epcot for some reason. I don't know. Um, then I've also I also went in 2018, and then I also went this year in 2021. Uh, but I went to only one park yeah. for that trip. Yeah. Um, I feel like we should mention that we're sisters. In yeah. case the listeners don't know, we're sisters. So when we talk about, yeah, I remember that. Like, yeah, we actually do remember that from each other's memories. Um, <laughs> we're not just making things up here. Um, okay, so for you know, I always I had a pass as well, except for those few dark years that we don't talk about. Um, and I kept my pass through college and after I graduated college, um, even though I went to college 500 miles away, I would still come home, you know, for like my birthday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter. So it made sense to have a pass um, to Disneyland. And then in 2013, I was hired as a cast member of Disneyland. So I had free admission for four years that I worked there. Um, and then by the time I quit working for Disney, I lasted like maybe two weeks and then I bought a pass again. (laughs) And then, um, I kept my pass until the parks closed in March, 2020. We were there the week the park closed like three days before. Um, and then before the parks reopened, we decided to move to Florida and as luck would have it, I already had a pass, um, starting in July, 2019, So I was able to keep that pass grandfathered in because initially they weren't selling new passes. Um, So yeah, so I that was for Disney World. Just yeah, that's for yeah. Sorry, that's for Walt Disney World. Yes, yes. Um, So yeah, now we live in Florida, and 
you know, I did go to Disney World before the year 2000, believe it or not. Apparently, I was like six months old. Do not remember this trip, clearly. I don't, I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So six months old, then the year 2000. And then I went again in 2014, November 2014. And I went like once or twice a year, every year until we moved here, which was March 2021 that we moved here. Um, so I feel like, you know, between the two of us, we have pretty good experience going to the Disney parks in um, the United States. You know, we're very well versed in Disneyland and California Adventure. We're decently well versed in Walt Disney World. I think we're still discovering things about it. Yeah, you're. I'd say you're more of the Disney World expert, and I would be a little bit more of the Disneyland person for here. Um, and just because we haven't mentioned it, California Adventure. Um, I actually went there opening week. One yes. of my friends um, had was it was her birthday week, um, so it was me and her and her brother and another friend of ours and. Her mom piled us all in the car and we went to California Adventure the week that it opened. Yes, and, and that you, got was to experience, you got to experience something that I've never experienced and never will experience. Do you know what that is? Uh, almost going to Disneyland Paris, but then getting it canceled by COVID. <laughs> well, besides that, I mean, at California Adventure. What's that? Superstar Limo. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I never went on that ride. That's, I think, the only ride at California Adventure I've never experienced. You know what? You were not missing much. <laughs> Based on the rides that I've seen, I think that's probably true. <laughs> yeah, that one's that one's a, a questionable one. So, Allie, let's talk about Park to Park podcast and how this came to be. Um, I'll take the credit here. It's my idea. I kind of had to convince you into it. Yeah. I don't know if you're fully convinced yet. Nope. Um, but I was thinking, you know, we moved here, me and my family moved here to Central Florida in March. And whenever I go to the theme parks here, I'm thinking to myself, how does this experience compare to Disneyland? How does Walt Disney World as a vacation experience compare to Disneyland? How does Pirates compare to Disneyland's version? And I talked to a lot of people online who have never been to Disneyland or they've only been to Disneyland and never Disney World. And they're, you know, saying, well, I don't want to go to Disneyland because Disney World has everything. And I'm like, no, but Disneyland has so much to offer. Um, so I think you and I are in this unique position to to compare the theme parks. We've we've been to both coasts a decent amount of time. Um and we have that experience to talk about the theme parks pretty extensively. Yeah, they're, you know, coast to coast, they're very, very, very different parks. Yes, yes. Um, and, you know, whenever, I, whenever I'm at um, Disney World in Florida, I find myself overwhelmed by the amount of just yes. things there is to do. There's so much space. There's so many rides. There's, oh gosh, there's so much to do. Um, yeah. Where, for me, Disneyland has... It does still, even though I don't live near there anymore, it still does still feel like home to me. Yeah. And I think it always too. will. Yeah, I, I think the same thing. Um, and it's funny, you should say, like, Florida has so much. And, like, it's true, it does have so much. But if you look at the number of attractions that the parks have, Disneyland Resort versus Walt Disney World Resort is actually very similar. And one has four parks and one has two. Um, so we're going to be talking about that this season. Um, but as far as what to expect this season, I mean, we're, we're looking at big picture stuff. Like, how does Walt Disney World Resort compare to Disneyland Resort as a vacation destination? What is that arrival experience like? What are the ticket types like? What are the extra experiences that are offered? Um, then we're going to look at, like, 
the individual parks and how they compare to each other. How does Magic Kingdom Park compare to Disneyland Park? California Adventure doesn't really have an equivalent at Disney World. I think the closest is probably Hollywood Studios. So how do those two parks compare? And then what about Epcot and Animal Kingdom? Does Disneyland have an equivalent? Does Southern California have an equivalent? We're going to be looking at the resorts, the shopping, the dining, um, even the surrounding areas, because people coming from Australia or Europe or whatever, you know, they might extend their vacation beyond just the Disney parks. Um, so we're, we're going to be getting into a little bit of everything, looking at the bigger picture stuff and eventually getting to the smaller ride to ride comparison kind of thing. So CJ, we've each been to all of the uh, six U.S. Disney theme parks. Mm -hmm. What are your favorites? This is a hard ranking for me. Like, because they're all so good. And in my mind, they're all like right up there. One day I'll have this park as my favorite. Another day this park will be my favorite. But in general, this is where I lie. And I think your number one is probably the same as mine. Number one, Disneyland Park, hands down. Like that's my home park. We grew up going there. Like that's the original. There's so much history. Love it. Number two is Epcot. Um, you know, I just love, I used to teach history and my degrees in history. So going to see all the different cultures and then learning about like kind of the social studies kind of thing, right? Like that's, that's interesting to me. And there's always unique experiences to be had there. And that's, it's just so much fun. Number three, California Adventure. Before it was called Disney California Adventure. I don't know why they call it Disney California Adventure. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> I think it's, um, gotta be technically a trademarking thing. Um, that's got to be part of it. Could be. Could be. Um, okay, so California Venture is number three. We have so many good memories there. Maybe you and I can get into that <laughs> later on. For sure. Um, fourth is Hollywood Studios, which used to be at the bottom of my list, but I've been going with my son a lot recently, and it's it's been bumped up for various reasons. Um, next is Magic Kingdom. I know it has a lot of similarities to Disneyland. It's just not I think Disneyland does some things better than Magic Kingdom. And then last is Animal Kingdom. And again, it's definitely not a bad park. It's a really good park. It's just not my personal, like, that's not where I would choose to spend the day. So what are your rankings? All right. Um, my rankings, like you said, Disneyland is my number one. And I do think for me, a lot of that has to do with the comfort and familiarity. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's home. I'm never going to be lost at Disneyland. Yes, yes. Um, my number two is Magic Kingdom, um, and I rank that higher on the list than you did. For me, it's because it's classic. Mm. It feels like Disneyland. You know, you, you go in, you walk down Main Street, and you get that castle view, and you feel like you're you're here. You feel like yeah. you're, you're at a Disney park, and it's yes. just that moment of magic is... It's what I live for. <laughs> yeah, there's something about walking down Main Street in Magic Kingdom that's different than walking down Main Street in Disneyland. I totally agree with you on that. My number three, um, like you, Disney California Adventure. Um, you know, it's we we went there a lot. We have a lot of good memories there. Um, yeah. I love almost almost every ride there, and I would <laughs> go on them. <laughs> I know the one that's that's a no. <laughs> that you do. Yeah. Um, Hollywood Studios is my number four as well. Um, I think it's, you know, I don't remember much of it from 2000, but I, it has grown a lot between, you know, my trips in 2016, 2018, and 2021. Um, and I think a lot of those improvements have really done great things for the park. Mm -hmm. 
Epcot number five, uh, there's just a lot of it. It's good, but there's just a lot of it. And there's, I, it feels like too much for me to do as mm. someone who visits very casually. Yeah. And then bottom of my list, Animal Kingdom, nothing against it. Um, it's just, if I only had three days at the parks in, in Florida, I would skip that one. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm looking at our list and we're pretty much the same except Epcot and Magic Kingdom are switched. Like Epcot's pretty much the bottom of your list next to Animal Kingdom. Whereas for me, Magic Kingdom's at the bottom and vice versa. They're in the number two spot for each of us. Um, So it's really, I'm not, you know, part of me is surprised and part of me is not surprised. I thought Epcot would rank a little bit higher on yours. Um, But I see what you mean with Magic Kingdom, like having that quintessential Disney feeling. And I get that too. It's not a bad park. It's just not my favorite out of all of them. So let's talk about favorite rides at each park because there's so many rides and um, between Disneyland Resort and Walt Disney World Resort, there are repeat rides. So I'm curious Mm -hmm. if either one of us chose any of those repeat attractions between the parks. So let's start with Disneyland. Let's talk about our favorite rides at Disneyland Park. This is just Disneyland, not California Venture. So Allie, what's your favorite Disneyland ride? Um, I know you know the answer to this because it has been my favorite ride since uh, before I was tall enough to go on it. Hmm, Wonder Uh, how that happened. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to not going to get into that. Not going to get my family in trouble for that. But it's Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Just, oh, the twists and turns and the goat and (laughs) the goat. (laughs) The goat goat is the goat. (laughs) The goat is the goat. Yes. Yes. What do you think about the updates they did to Disneyland? Um, That was when I was working there. So I guess it's been like five or six years now with the explosions and all that. That's right. Okay. So I remember you got some special cast member tickets to go in for that. that And we went on it over and over and over. Yeah. We did go on it over and over and over again. (laughs) That was fun. Um, I feel that those updates really helped tell a more cohesive story for the ride. I agree with you. And I kind of want to know more of that story. Absolutely. I I hope to see some more about that. And I remember around that era, I don't know if you remember this, and I don't remember what it was called, but there was like a Frontierland interactive game. Do you remember that? And I was wondering if that explained the story of Big Thunder. That crossed my mind the other day, and I meant to to look it up and see what I could find. Um, I didn't get too much into the game, but I wish they would bring something like, wasn't it Legends of Frontierland? Does that sound Yes. That does sound right. Um, A friend of mine who is actually a current cast member, she was very big into that. So I can I can send her a message to be like, hey, did that uh, did that kind of tell flesh out the story of Big Thunder a little bit more? Do you remember it? I wish I had gotten into it more because I know they gave out things that were like poker chips or something like that. Um, It would be cool to have that as a collectible. It's like such a little blip on the radar of Disneyland history. Um, But yeah, it's a great ride. Totally agree with you. Um, my favorite in Disneyland, I know that you know what it is. It's Haunted Mansion. <laughs> yeah, no surprises for, there. Yeah, that's that's my thing. I've got like Haunted Mansion all in my in my office here, which is currently a virtual background because we're in the middle of moving and my office is a mess. Um, but anyways, uh, Haunted Mansion, I think it just, it tells a story in such a good way and you're immersed in the story from the moment you step into the, actually before you even step into the queue, you see this mansion with these wrought iron gates and you're like, what is going on here? And you see like a graveyard and tombstones and like, to me, it doesn't even feel like you're waiting in a line while you're going on that, while you're experiencing that attraction because the, the queue is part of the attraction. It's part of the story. And it's such a, a classic example of. Disney Imagineering at its finest. I just, I just have to appreciate it for so many reasons. And uh, pro tip, 
read all the gravestones because yes. they're funny. And they're punny. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> all right, let's talk about California Adventure. California Adventure, what's your favorite ride there? Um, you know, something about me is I am a thrill seeker. I love the intense rides. Um, I gotta go fast. Uh, I gotta go, uh, not straight up and down. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, you're afraid <laughs> of heights, so. I'm afraid of heights and I'm afraid of falling. So, uh, yeah. unfortunately, Tower of Terror does not make the cut anywhere on this list for me. Um, yeah. So, my favorite ride in Disney California Adventure is Mater's Junkyard Jamboree. Yes, I love that ride. <laughs> and what do, you, what do you like about that ride? It makes me laugh. Me too. You just, you're just sitting around and you just, you get whipped and then you get whipped to the other side, and then you get whipped to the other side, and it's just, yes. it's so funny. And then you get the songs by Larry, but Larry the Cable Guy sings yes. them. Yes, It's so funny. And he also does the the ride, um, the safety information, and yes. he does it, he does the Spanish version too, yes. but he does it with the most white boy accent you can possibly <laughs> muster. That's This is true, and it's so, you're right, it's so funny. Everybody, I think, has a smile on their face at the end of that ride, and and the queue has some great throwbacks to, like, the, the, the Toe Mater shorts that are on Disney+. Yes. Plus. So if you Mater's Tall Tales? Yes, Mater's Tall Tales. So if you haven't seen those, you have to check them out. They're so funny. My son loves them. Um they're they're great. So if you're I planning love them, <laughs> yeah. And Mater's petting zoo out front. What a what a great little little photo op there. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, my favorite in California Adventure. I you know I was thinking about this and I had a hard time coming up with this ride because even though it's my third favorite park, I don't know that there's any one ride that's like this is the best ride there. Like to me, they're all about the same level. There's nothing that's overly exciting for me. Um, but I do like California Screamin', which no longer exists. It's called Incredicoaster now. It's got that Incredibles overlay. I mean, the ride path is the same and everything. I don't think they needed to do the Incredibles transformation, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, you and I have a lot of good memories on, on Screamin' with a lot of different people that in our do. lives. Yeah, I with, do. I actually, with, I have a picture over here of, um, it's from 2004, me and, me and grandpa. Nice. Um, on, on California Screamin'. Yes, our <laughs> grandpa in his late 70s, early 80s, he would go on Screamin' with us. Um, he loved that ride. And we went on with our friend Kristen. Like, we went on that ride so often that we made friends with the cast members. Like, we could go there and find Lee and he would know exactly who we are. He'd give us a hug. He'd ask me how the kids. All right, ask him how his kids are. Like, it's it's kind of crazy how often we went on that ride. Um, so to me, it's like the memories. And remember when they did Rock in California Screaming? Yes, with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, I don't know if Walt Disney World has ever done anything like that. You know, I read a lot of like Disney history stuff, and I haven't heard anything like that. Um, so for all you people who are not familiar with the Rock inversion, for like one or two summers, for a very short time. Disneyland put Red Hot Chili Peppers music on California Screamin' and Space Mountain. And those are my hands down favorite versions of those rides. Like, it's just, it's just like summer fun when you ride those rides with that music. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So for like, for me, it's for like memory, personal reasons that Screamin's my favorite ride. Excellent. Let's move on to the East Coast, Walt Disney World. And let's start with Magic Kingdom, your favorite ride. So this one was a tough one for me um, because... 
again, I've only been there twice in recent memory. Mm-hmm. 2000 does not count. Yeah. Um, so I think that my favorite from Magic Kingdom is going to be Space Mountain. Mm-hmm. And why is it's, that one? Um, well, it's, it's different from the one in California. So for me, it's um, a surprise around every turn, literally. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, I have the I have the California track memorized. Yeah, me too. I don't have the Magic Kingdom track yes. memorized, so Same. it's just I don't know where I'm going next, and yeah. I love that sensation. And I love how they have two different tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because California only has the one, so it's it's pretty easy to memorize over there. And I think I've actually only been on the one track for um, Magic Kingdom Space Mountain because every time I've been on, I used a fast pass. Oh, so now you got to come back and go standby and not pay for lightning lane to go on that ride. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I like I like the Space Mountain in, in Magic Kingdom. It's not it's not like my top ride, but it's you know it's it's classic mountain ride, mountain coaster. What is your top ride in Magic Kingdom? I'm going with the nostalgia thing. It's got to be Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover, and the reason for this is I have some memories back in my mind of riding the people mover at Disneyland, which was replaced with rocket rods, which is now replaced with a rotting track all over Tomorrowland. It's awful. <laughs> so yeah, it's bad. Um, so when I go to magic kingdom and I get to ride the people mover, it's like reliving those memories that are tucked away in, in my childhood. Um, and it, again, it's kind of a historical thing for me, you know, it's, it was, it's one of those Bob Gurr attractions, you know, Bob Gurr did so much for the Walt Disney company on both coasts. And it's, I'm noticing a trend here. You're going for like fun experiences and I'm going for like history, nostalgia, like those kind yeah, of things. I think I do think that's really reflective of who we are though. Yes. You're a former history teacher and I have cat ears on my headphones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. True. Let's move on to Epcot. What's your favorite ride at Epcot? Um, you know, given my trend of give me thrills, give me speed, it should come as no surprise that my answer here is test track. I think um, that's the only thrill ride at Epcot. Like, I don't count Mission Space as a thrill ride. <laughs> um, for me, for test track, I actually, this is the one ride that I remember very well from our yes. trip in 2000, just because it was cool. Like, yeah. the, the heat test, I remember that, and then, like, the bumps when you do, yes. like, the, the road test. Um, and I think they've done a lot to, they have, well, I don't think they've done a lot. I know they've done a lot to really mm-hmm. upgrade that and keep that modern, where you get to design your car now, mm-hmm. you get to see how it performs, and then you go through all the tests, and then you go outside, and you're just zooming. Yep, yep, you're just zooming. <laughs> Give me the zoomies. <laughs> yes. You know, it's funny. I That's one of the two rides I remember from our trip in 2000. The other one is Small World. Um, but I remember Test Track, too. And the reason I remember it is because I think our mom said, we can either watch the nighttime show or we can go on Test Track. And we chose to do Test Track. Because why not? That. Right? I don't think you and I have ever been really into the nighttime shows. Like, I think we'd rather do rides. Uh, correct me if, I, if I'm wrong here, but I think we'd rather do rides. I mean... Being a pass holder for all your life at Disneyland means that you learn that the shortest lines (laughs) are during the nighttime shows. This is true. So take advantage. If you're not interested in shows, you don't think the fireworks are going to bring you to tears. You're not going to propose during the fireworks. Go on a ride. And also, please don't propose during fireworks. It's crowded. 
Yes. You don't want to get down on that ground um, after it's been walked over by people all day long. Now, the Disneyland cleaning crew does a great job during the day, but it yes. gets a little grody. Yes. Don't do it during fireworks. Do it at the beginning of the day. Your future spouse will be thrilled. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Not to mention, during the fireworks, if you get down on one knee, you're going to be surrounded by people's butts. Like, plain uh, and simple. Yeah, not a good idea. Not a no, good idea. Not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Go on rides instead. Yes. Propose in the morning, yeah. go on rides instead. <laughs> um, okay, so Test Track's a great ride. I have to agree with you. I think that's, like, my second or third favorite at Epcot, but my top, my top is tied with Spaceship Earth and Living with the Land. And again, that's like the person in me who wants to educate everybody. <laughs> like, I always told my students when I was teaching, I always told my students, if I could take you on any Disney ride, I would take you on Spaceship Earth. And this is part of why Epcot is my favorite park. Like you go and you learn about different cultures, you experience the food and the language and all that and the culture and everything. And then the front of the park, Future World, which is now divided into like world nature, it has different names now, but you go to the front of the park and you learn about how we're all the same, how like the things that we have in common, right? Like living with the land, we all, we want to know how to more sustainably farm Spaceship Earth. We're always on a quest to communicate with each other. And how has the, how has the way that we tell the story of history, how has that changed over time? Mission Space is about man's quest to get to space, right? Like we're all we're all looking for the same things. Um, and so I think both Spaceship Earth and Living with the Land tell that story in a really cool way. Um, and Living with the Land, like, encourages me. Like, we took, I, were you with us when we did the Behind the Seeds tour? I was not. Okay. So the Behind the Seeds tour is, it's like the cheapest tour on Disney property. It's like 20 bucks or something. It's not available now because of COVID, but hopefully it comes back. Um, but you get to walk through the greenhouses and learn how um, these growing techniques work. Um, so it really, I think they both do a good job of, of involving the audience in a way that's not just raising your hands and screaming. Not that that's not fun, but I think, you know, looking at the bigger picture, learning is an important part of the human experience. And I also think those two choices for you are reflective of where you are in your life right now. Mm-hmm. You have two very young kids. You yes. can bring both of them on both of those rides. Yes, definitely. I have I have no such responsibilities and can run around <laughs> willy-nilly on all the thrill rides I want without having to care for another human being. And do test track 10,000 times, right? Keep designing your car over and over. <laughs> I One day, I will make the perfect car on test one track. One day. One day. Listen, my son is so close to 40 inches. And once he hits 40 inches, he can do every ride in Epcot. We are doing test track when he gets to 40 inches. (laughs) He's somewhere between 38 and 40 right now. So maybe in like six months to a year. maybe. Okay. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now, six months or so from now is when I'm looking at making my next trip out there. I would love to be part of his first ride on test track. Well, you have a place to stay here. You can stay with our parents. We'll make it happen. Let's oh, move on. Me. I'm not paying for a hotel. I'm <laughs> staying with you guys. <laughs> I don't. I don't blame you. We're we're the like deluxe deluxe resort of Walt Disney World over here. <laughs> you got your private room and a big house, and a big kitchen, um, and a great view out the back window. There you go. Um, let's move on to Hollywood Studios. And it's funny that you mentioned that. Like, I'm in a different stage of life with the little kids and everything. We have the same favorite ride at Hollywood Studios. What is that ride? Rockin' Roller Coaster! Yeah! What do you love about that ride? Um, oh, what's his name? It's Steven Tyler, right? I think so. <laughs> I'm gonna Google it really quick. I'm gonna Google it really quick. Aerosmith. 
lead singer. I keep wanting to say Mick Jagger, but I don't think that's true. I'm pretty sure it's Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler. Okay. This is how our mom's a musician. This is how much we know about music. Steven Tyler counting me down to launch. Um, Yes. And while you're sitting there, while he's going five, four, you look (laughs) up and you see the the puns where it's like traffic is jammed. And yes. and then you just you blast off and you loop and the you know actually we're, since we mentioned it earlier you mentioned um superstar limo mm-hmm. a lot of the like neon that you see <laughs> yeah. in rock and roller coaster it's it reminds me of superstar limo that's not what makes it my favorite ride but it's now, the, if being only, an adrenaline junkie <laughs> if only they had like the drew carey animatronic handing right. things out on the ride Oh my gosh, how crazy would that be? Get a Steven um, Tyler animatronic. There you go. There you go. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with you. Rock and Roller Coaster is such a high energy attraction. Like, it just pumps me up. And I have always been a fan of rock music. I remember in first grade doing a report on Elvis Presley. Rock music has been my thing for so long. Um, so, like, riding a high energy roller coaster like that with some great tunes in your ears, it's so much fun. Yes, the music is so good. It's so, like, I think there's like three or four different songs that you can go mm-hmm. through yeah. and it's just so well timed to the ups and downs and upside downs too. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I appreciate about rock and roller coaster is like, this is in Hollywood studios, Disney's Hollywood studios. And a lot of people, they think Hollywood, they think movies, TV shows, but record audio recording and um, record producing is a big part of Hollywood. You know, you and I are from Southern California. I know people who have worked in the music industry and the recording industry. Um, So I think it's cool that they pay tribute to that part of Hollywood with this attraction. And there have been rumors that it's going to get refurbed and going to get changed. I really hope they keep the music theme. Yeah, I, I think, I think they would keep the music theme. I think the, the, and this is 100% speculation on my part. I think it would stay music themed, but that they might try to find a different musician. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, Aerosmith is not really the most like family friendly musician out there. They could probably find somebody better um, from a family perspective, but But we'll we'll see. The music is classic. Yes. Yes, it's true. Everybody knows those songs, right? Um, Let's move on to Animal Kingdom. And we actually chose the same ride for this one as our favorites. What is it? Expedition Everest. Yeah, I'm not surprised that you chose that one. Yeah, it's it's good. (laughs) It is good. (laughs) I don't want to give away the, the twist, the spoiler, just in case. But I agree with you. That surprise is good. Yeah, and there's lots of steep hills, um, ups and downs and rounds and rounds. And it's, you know, I feel like it's kind of Florida's version of the Matterhorn. Mm. Um, Slightly more intense than the Matterhorn in Disneyland, but it it feels like an answer to the Matterhorn. And I feel like for a long time, Animal Kingdom was missing that sort of thrill ride. Yes, I so agree. I think Expedition Everest filled in that gap. It wasn't open when I went in um, 2000, obviously. Mm-hmm. I Was it open in 2016? Yeah. Okay, so that would yeah. have been my first time. That's right, because my husband went on it be, not when we went in 2016, but well before then. Okay. Um, yeah, um, you know, for me... 
the ride experience itself is important, but the story is just as equally, if not more important. And when I think about Animal Kingdom, there's only a handful of rides there to do, right? It's it's a lot about your experience with animals and things like that. Um, but the ride is situated in Asia, right? The lands there, there's like Africa and Asia and Dino Land and stuff like that. So not really your traditional lands like the other parks have. Um, but being situated in Asia, like especially walking through the queue, like it, it does tell a story, right? About like the mythical Yeti. Um, and hiking up Everest to like find evidence of the Yeti and whatever other animals you can find. Um, so I think this job, or I'm sorry, this ride does a good job of blending a story with a, a thrilling attraction. I think some of the thrilling attractions really in both Disneyland and Walt Disney World are missing the story element to it. And, you know, the Imagineers don't do anything halfway. Oh, and- yeah. They really, they really gave 110% for Expedition Everest. And you can tell when you go through the queue. Even, um, I think the last time I went there, I um, used the fast pass lane three times in a row. Mm -hmm. Um, And even, even going through the fast pass lane where it's clearly a much shorter lane, um, that you still get so much of the story. Yeah, yeah. And I don't remember if on the Imagineering story, they talk specifically about Expedition Everest, but to get that idea of what you're saying where Imagineers don't go halfway, there's an episode or a portion of an episode about Animal Kingdom and all the research that they've done to make that park truly authentic. And um, I think Expedition Everest is is a testament to to that. Okay, so you and I tonight, we've talked about our favorite theme parks, our background going to the theme parks, our favorite rides, and that was a really fun discussion. Yeah, I um, I actually feel like I learned a lot from you, even though I've known you literally <laughs> my entire life. I feel like we've gotten closer through this episode experience. You know what's funny? I was... I was thinking to myself, I didn't know Allie liked that. <laughs> like, I didn't know that was her perspective. So that was kind of, that was kind of cool to talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to the next episode. On the next episode, we're going to be looking at Walt Disney World Resort versus Disneyland Resort as a vacation destination. And what sets those two apart? What do they have in common? And the bottom line, what do we think? Usually on each episode, we're going to have a showdown where Allie and I discuss like, okay, this is the final showdown. Which one is better in, in what way? Um, tonight, there, there really isn't a showdown just because we're introducing ourselves and we're, you know, we're trying to get our audience to know us a little better and what to expect on this podcast. Um, but we still want to hear from you. Let, let us know what you think. What's your favorite ride in the park? Have you been to Disneyland? Have you been to Walt Disney World? Where are your parks ranked in your head? Um, so you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at park2parkpod with the number two. You can email us with questions, feedback, future episodes, ideas, like whatever you want to talk to us about. And we might read some listener mail on a future episode. Um, so you can email us at park2, the number two, park2parkpod at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a like, leave us a review um, wherever you listen to podcasts. So thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks, Siege. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.